Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders. My name is Elena Gardner, and this week I'm here with Daniel Phil from Cura Home Maintenance, and we're going to dive a little bit into what the home maintenance side of homeownership looks like, along with some great things that they're doing over at Cura. Thank you so much, Daniel, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, so we're going to jump right in with our first question of the day. Um, so in your industry, there are some things that don't change. You know, a, cluck do- a cluck- clogged duct is always going to be a clogged duct. Um, and a dead smoke alarm battery is just that. What are some things that have changed um, regarding the fluctuations of the housing market for the last few years with home maintenance? Yeah, I'd say the biggest things that have, have changed when it is is just reacting to the different codes that are that are coming up in different markets. So one of the biggest things is homes are becoming more efficient, which is really great for you know heating and, and cooling your home. But with that, it's really hard for your home to breathe and your home does need to breathe, believe it or not. Like you want fresh air coming in. And so there's things that are being put in place, like an air exchanger, for example. It's also called an HRV or ERV. It's a, a large box that's hanging in your utility room. That's just bringing fresh air into your home. And so that essentially when you open like a front door, a back door doesn't go like slamming shut, you know? And so that's, that's your, you're giving your home fresh air to breathe. So the biggest thing I would say for sure is just helping the machines that are being put in place to help homes be more efficient. But also there's a lot of things that are being built cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as time goes on. And, and with that, they need filters and they're, the filters are need to be cleaned or changed much more regularly than they used to. And so I think a lot of people we see like a refrigerator doesn't last as long as it used to. And it's like, well, when's the last time you change the filter? When's the last time you clean the refrigerator coils? And if you're not doing those things and following the manufacturer's recommendations, you're not going to get the life expectancy that you would hope for when you're purchasing those appliances. Yeah. And from a home maintenance perspective, you talked a little bit about like changing your filter schedule, you know, cleaning your coils, you know, what do you wish home buyers, especially first time home buyers, uh, knew before they purchased their home? Yeah, I would say just all those, those basic maintenance items that can really save you a lot of money, but also the things to look for. Unfortunately, a lot of people have bypassed home inspections in the past about year, year and a half in order to get, you know, farther up on that list of of possibly getting that home or your offer accepted. And with that, there's just so many things that might end up costing you thousands of extra dollars. And so one thing that you really need to know is what is it going to take to maintain this home? And I've heard all sorts of different figures. Some people say save 1% of the house's value per year to maintain it, um, which is actually probably realistic if you're saving that money. You know, when a furnace goes out or an AC unit goes out, things like that, like it does cost money to own a home, but hopefully it's it's appreciating in value. So you're going to get that back if and when you decide to to sell that home. So I would say that you got to make sure that you know what's going on in the home and and having a home inspection or having someone come in that knows about all these maintenance items and give you a, a overlook or a brief summary of here's what's going on is a really, really good idea. Don't bypass the home inspection. There's got to be, you You got to figure out little tricky ways to get that home inspection done so you know what's going on. Now, what are some of the repercussions you've seen for borrowers who have waived their home inspection for the last, you know, two years or so? What are you starting to see the biggest issues they're running into be? 
The largest one is just astronomical costs that were not expected in if for the home. So, I mean, these can be like foundation things. It could be that you think you have a deck that's put on correctly, but they actually ended up putting it on. There was no permit pulled. And, you know, the homeowner had his buddies come over and had a case of beer and they got that deck put up and now it doesn't support the, you know, the people that are going to be on it. So I'd say that the, it's it's got to be the, the astronomical cost of things that you learn as when you've been living there for a short amount of time. And now you might need a new foundation or there's radon in the house, which can be, you know, that's not as bad. That might be a thousand to $5,000 to get that mediated. But uh, bypassing that home inspection can cost you a lot of money. For sure. Now, I know there's a lot of talk and a lot of people are DIYers. What would you say is a DIY project versus please don't touch that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, oh boy, that's a great question. When it comes to the DIY stuff, I feel like little things like cosmetically is like, go for it, right? Like sheetrock, for example, go at it, bud. You know, like you got it, like go to town, have fun with that little minor things. But when it comes to items that require like pulling a permit, it's really a good idea to not like spend 10 minutes watching YouTube videos and think you've got this thing covered because you most likely don't. So there's so many different levels of DIY people. There's like, you know, you're let's let's make fun of millennials because I am one, but like your stereotypical millennial of like, I'm I got this, I'm gonna figure it out. I watched a couple of YouTube videos and mm-hmm. you know, my friend Billy told me I can do it. So, you know, you've got that, but then you have the people who are like, they've worked in construction their entire life and they actually have a really good idea what's going on. There's a lot of different things, but you, sh- if, if you're supposed to pull a permit for it, you should probably get an expert involved at different levels of that DIY project, just to make sure that your house isn't going to burn down or water's not going to come leaking through, you know, your entire house. Like these things cost a lot of money and ends up being an insurance claim and all that stuff. And it can be a nightmare pretty quick. I think that's a good hard and fast rule. If you need a permit, talk to a professional. <laughs> Yes. Um, and kind of speaking to, you know, water and all of that, unfortunately, we just experienced some major uh, natural disasters in Florida with Hurricane Ian. And, you know, us at Lowstar, we deal with location specific issues in regards to recording fat or recording fees, transfer taxes, all of that. But you guys deal with a completely other set of location specific challenges. Um, what does that look like? um, with home maintenance and how do you support, you know, an area like Florida versus a state like Pennsylvania that have very different, you know, natural disaster, uh, potentials? Yeah, it's actually been very surprising to me as we look at different markets and, and grow through franchises and through owner operated locations of learning the different things that are needed in those different territories. But surprisingly enough, at the end of the day, for what we do when it comes to the home maintenance, Homes are pretty similar throughout the entire country. You know, they need to stay at the similar humidity level so they don't get mold in them or get too dry and you're getting static shocked every time you you touch something in your house. Um, But like there are little differences like a swamp cooler can can, uh, compare to like a AC unit, for example. But for us, we we figure that out in that region and then and then make sure that we're able to maintain that property properly. But for the most part, Every home needs maintenance of some level. You can't, don't neglect it. Don't just think you're above it and you don't need to be changing your filters or things like that. But they do come in all different shapes and sizes. And 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 so, but it's amazing. Like a water heater, for example, is pretty much standard across the entire mm-hmm. country. Uh, refrigerators, pretty much standard. There's quite a few things that are standard all across. It's just a few little minor differences where it comes to 
the way houses are built and 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 why they're built in a certain region. Yeah, I'm sure there's definitely a lot, you know, living in Philly, I've always lived in in the Northeast and we have a lot of really old buildings mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, I was recently in Arizona and the construction is just very different. Right. Um, for sure, especially on the outside. But, you know, that's the difference between a, a cold and terrible winter and just desert. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the nice part about, you know, homes in the desert, they don't need to be built as like airtight or as efficient compared to the colder climates. So, yeah, you're going to have a totally different building. But, you know, the building process is for sure going to be very different. But, you know, the maintenance side, once once that all up, it's they're, you know, not too different, but they definitely need to be built very, very differently with different regulations. Yeah. And, you know, you talked a little bit about company expansion, you know, taking that local knowledge, how do you make it a business that's scalable on a national level, right? I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with because, you know, you have expertise in a certain area. How do you bring that up and how do you bring that knowledge to places that might need it, but don't necessarily have access to that information right now? I'd say the the biggest thing that's allowed us to scale as a business is the amount of systems and processes and documentation that we have. Everything that we do here, we we document it. So if if you called in today and asked us for a service and you had a way far one-off question, the goal is that that question has actually been documented in our office, our office manual and the proper answer has been written down. Now you don't have to answer it perfectly, you know, word for word, but just knowing the right way to do that. So my goal as a business owner is to never answer the same question twice. Of course, I have to, but you hope that you can document so many things and create such a great training process and documentation that people that are coming on can do things very similarly to the way that you would want them done. If you could multiply yourself by 20, 30, or 40, 50 people, how would I do it if I was out there right now doing routine maintenance or air cleaning rather than you know being on this podcast with you? The hope is that they're doing it the exact same way and they're they're representing your brand correctly. So with um, today, we you know we're about a six year old company. We have about six hundred pages worth of documented systems and processes at our company to tell you who, why, what, when, how. Commonly asked questions. It's as dumb as it sounds. I know that the garbage disposal was invented in 1927 in Racine, Wisconsin. I know that they were legal in New York for several years because they thought they were going to clog the the uh, septic system or the, the the lines. And and there's just all this little weird information that's like, why would you ever want to know that? It's because at some point, someone has asked us. And so we make sure to document that and then tell all of our people so that when you show up to a home, even if it's your second, third, or fourth week working here, you're going to be very knowledgeable about what's going on and so that you are the expert uh, for that that client. Yeah. And I think you you touch a little bit on one of our, our points here as well, which is, you know, you seem to have a lot of experience in training teams, right? And I think, you know, creating consistent workmanship and standard service standards across such a large client base has to be, one, extremely difficult. Um, but what to you are the essential factors of, you know, building a team, training employees, and ensuring that your customers have a consistent experience of your brand, Right. Once you're so long, you're talking about, you know, a single person going into someone's home to fix their water heater. How do they have the same experience as someone in, you know, two states over? Yeah, I, there's a lot that goes into that. And, and number one, it's it's creating a, and providing a service that is repeatable. You know, if if it took a lot of skill to, to do what we do, like, you know, skill that you had to become like an artisan to take care of it, like um, taping and mudding sheetrock, for example, you need a lot of skill to be able to do that properly. But to drain the water heater sediment or change a furnace filter, you don't need 
as as you don't have to be an artist to take care of that in someone's home. And so it's it's number one, creating a, a, a service that is repeatable. From there, it's making sure that you are repeating that process. So at, at our company, we have a training meeting every single morning from 7.20 to 7.35. And, and we have a 45-day training schedule that covers every single item that needs to be trained in our company. So that's just on repeat every 45 days. So, and then with that, if we get a callback or an upset customer for whatever, if that happens on Tuesday, that's covered at Wednesday morning's meeting so that we're able to nip any issue or any problem in the butt so that it doesn't happen. So that all of a sudden we don't have like, hey, 50 clients called in and we did this wrong at 50 houses. It's going to happen at maybe one or two houses on a, on a Tuesday. And by Wednesday, boom, we've we've trained our guys in, we've corrected the issue and we're done. So it's as a business owner, it's, it's, it is minding your business, you know, making sure that you're, you're on, you're aware of what's going on, but then also creating those repeat, you know, continuously training and also get acquiring or attracting high quality people to your team and, and having them buy into what you believe in, because we could, anyone can just go out and, and do routine maintenance or do air duct cleaning or whatever, and not really care about it. But for us, it's, it's a lot more than that. We really do care about our clients. And I think that when they call us and they hire us and we're out of their home, I think they can really feel that we actually do care about their home and and we have a lot of respect for them as a client. Yeah. And how, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation in the greater housing uh, market here about how to find and attract um, and then maintain good talent. How have you kind of seen your, your teams be able to do that consistently? Yeah, I would. I'd be lying if I said that we have a challenge with the same. We haven't had a challenge with the same thing. But I can tell you, I think you everyone what, struggles. What, with what's, it. What's, yeah, but what's what's really helped us for sure is is having individual one on one meetings with your employees and just having a conversation with them. Hey, how's it going? What's you know what's new this week? And a lot of times, what I found is when when an employee starts to become disengaged, it's a lot more than just work. There's things going on at home. You know, so all of a sudden you figure out that you know, my mom's actually been sick for three weeks and, and it's, and, you know, I was late because I was helping her, you know, get groceries at 10 o'clock last night. You know, it's just, you know, you, you, you feel like you start to hear just about everything that you could ever hear. And, and knowing that you're, you're not dealing with robots, you're dealing with, with individuals, you're dealing with people and stuff comes up. And, and so just getting to know your employees and knowing what's going on in the, in their life. And, and so you can be able to say the next week, Hey, you know, Jim, how's your mom doing? You know, she's starting to feel better. And, and those little things go so much farther. I think when I started this company, I thought it was all about pay and all about benefits and all about, you know, having a ping pong table in your conference room so that you're really cool and you're like Google. And the truth of it is, I think people just want to know that they're appreciated and you care about them. And everyone does that a little bit differently. But for me, it's, it's taking the time to have a conversation with each person that works here on a regular basis and just knowing what's going on in their world. But um, but yeah, it's, but it's definitely been, it's still a challenge to attract uh, high quality talent and, and high quality people to work at your company. And we've tried all sorts of different pay ranges and all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, um, we have quite a few people who've stayed here for a very long time and they, they really enjoy doing what they're doing. And they know that I have a lot of respect for them and I care about both them as an employee and as, as individual people. Yeah, I think that's that's so important. I think we have a lot of there's a big shift in uh, the hiring space of, you know, mental health and the importance of being able to set those boundaries at work and not take work home with you or, you know, have that that balance and supportive management to be like, hey, I need to go take care of my sick mom. Like, I think that's 
that's so important. Um, so here at Lodestar, our, our big name is, uh, the Lodestar is the guiding light in the sky that you navigate by. So we want to ask people who inspires you um, this season. So Daniel, who would you say is the person who inspires you in life to, you know, do what you do and keep going? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty loaded question because I feel like I'm really fortunate to be surrounded by so many people that are like really inspiring to me. But I'd say the person who has made it be so that I'm, I'm where I'm at today is, is my mom. And I, and, and I, I say that as a 33 year old, uh, growing, growing man, but my mom was an entrepreneur and, and, and I watched her, you know, we, I'm one of six kids. And I mean, we, we waited for my dad's uh, check to come in on Friday and we went to buy groceries after we cashed that bank. I mean, we were, it was super tight and I watched her provide a, such an awesome high quality product to so many customers through my entire life. And and she went by the motto, hundred percent, the truth, hundred percent of the time. And I've used that same thing in my business. And I think that one reason why we're, my company has grown to where it's at today is because of the example that my mom has put forth for me. So very appreciative of uh, her and everything that she's done to, to teach us kids the right way to do things. No, that's honestly so fantastic. And I think, you know, the, the adults around us in our life as we grow up shape us so much into the people that we are um, today. And it's, you know, it's also great to see such a, a, a woman entrepreneur in your life as well, which is always fun. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for joining me today on Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Do you have any, uh, where can people find you, you know, all that fun stuff? Yeah, the easiest way to connect with me personally is on LinkedIn. It's just Daniel Felt. If you're interested in a franchise opportunity or you want to learn more about what's going on, um, follow us on social media. We we're doing all the things, and we're <laughs> starting to go viral on on TikTok and Instagram there. So we our goal is just to educate homeowners, help them uh, be more prepared and and ready to take care of their home there. So follow us on on uh, all the things. No, that's great, and it's uh it's honestly great that you're you're doing TikTok because more more and more homeowners are are ending up there. So I'm a big fan. I'm, I realize I'm like the minority in the mortgage space, but I love TikTok. It's where I get a lot of my ideas for marketing. So it's, it's great. Well, thank you so much for joining me and everyone please like subscribe. Um, and we can't wait to see you next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Lodestar's Lending Leaders Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcasts. A special thank you to the Lodestar Podcast Production team, Jim Paolino, Tim Austin, and John Gardner.